Convo's in the pedicab. Um, okay, well, let's start over. All right, welcome <laughs> to episode 85 of Convo's on the pedicab. I'm here with uh, Amanda Rios. She is uh, running for city council in the special election for District 4. I'm um, really excited to have you here. There's a lot of um, insane stuff that's going on in City Hall, and hopefully we can get some, like, you know, balanced leadership yeah. um, on the way back to normalcy. I'm not very mm-hmm. confident that that's going to happen, um, but either way, I'm happy that you're here. And just tell us, like, real quick, where is District 4 located, just so people know where that is, because a lot of people, they don't even know that, they, that there's an election going on. Right. Well, um, there is a special election, and we're in – Early voting right now, and the voting day it goes from January 10th to the 21st. Yeah, put the mic closer to you. And then January 25th is the voting day. Um, District four is kind of north of Airport, part of Windsor Park, all the way up to well, on the east side of I-35, it goes a little bit further past Runberg, but not as far as Breaker on the road of Dessa. Okay. And then west. All the way over to um, Metro or Kramer and Breaker, Yo, so, and then uh, okay. south. So, um, what's there to do in that district for like entertainment? What's the cost of living like? And um, I want to talk about that for real quick. Okay. Well, I mean, we have we have a lot to do in terms of entertainment. Um, you know, most recently we have the soccer stadium that was just built um, going down into like Highland Park. We've got is that D four seven? Because I wasn't sure. So the neighborhood just south is District 4. Okay, but the stadium is in 7. I think so. Yeah, because it's by the domain. Right. right. So, okay. Right. Um, so, uh, and But other, besides that, I mean, there's, there's not tons for entertainment per se. Yes, we have a couple restaurants and coffee shops that you might, you know, You have Workhorse, right? Is that, is that in District 4? I'm that not bar, sure. Um, or uh, Epoch Hot. Like, yeah, we have. No. Okay, we have Benu Coffee, which I've been going to lately. Um, we have Kickbutt Coffee. Oh, okay, so is... by Upper. So, you, so you're next to Coal Town Theater then? Yeah. Yep. Okay, and that's in D4. Yep. I did not know that Coal Town was in D4. Wait, that's wait, interesting. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to have to look that up. The I'm improv sorry. place on like 46 in the airport? No, that's not. That's not D4. It's okay. Not. It's further north. So, and it's the smallest okay. district in Austin. Really? All right. So, um, you know. It's a small district. Yeah. Um. Okay. What is like? How much does it cost on average to like buy a house? What's the average rent price um, in that district? Because um, we're having some serious affordability problems. Everybody knows that. That's not a yeah. controversial statement. It's a pretty basic fact. Um, but what is the cost of living out in D four compared to other parts of Austin? And uh, how much has um, rent gone up in the past couple of years? Or property values gone up in taxes? Like these are important things to talk about. Yeah, well, District 4 is a very interesting district, um, and it varies. You know, for example, I live in the neighborhood of St. John's, which has always been the most affordable, um, one of the most affordable districts, well, not districts, but neighborhoods in Austin. Um, But prices have been going insane high. I mean, just as as everywhere in Austin, you know, where I bought my home 13 years ago, and bought it out as a foreclosure and remodeled it and everything um, and bought it for really cheap. Um, and then now it's worth like 450000 Okay. Um, but in terms of safety, we don't have any. No, um, even in your neighborhood, you don't feel safe? No, I definitely don't feel safe in my neighborhood. My children can no longer play in their front yard. 
But were they ever able to really play in their front yard in that yes. area? Because that 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 they neighborhood, were. like the St. John's neighborhood, was always a little suspect. It was. It was. And and actually, I moved in because um, I was teaching as a I was working as a teacher here at Blackshear. Um, really? What, what grade? I was teaching pre-K bilingual. Oh, nice. Okay. Yep. Um, I used to sub in the district, so we can maybe talk for a minute about that. But nice. Um, and so, I didn't know you were a teacher. That's gonna that we're gonna talk a little. We got another topic of conversation now. Awesome. Right, anyway, so keep. Um. So I was part of a program where they gave me a down payment assistance in order to buy a house in St. John's because it was a struggling area. Whoa. Um. So my husband and I didn't put anything down on our home and. And we moved in. So are they still doing that, though? Like, are, are school districts still giving people down payment assistance to buy homes in the area? So it's not the school district that was a federal program. Um, and I need to look into that and see if that's still going on. But that's one of my ideas, too. We can talk about police officers, firemen, teachers, EMS workers. And that can be one of the things that, because we don't have growth in District 4, um, that can be one of, the, one of the ways that we can bring specific people into our neighborhoods and i gotta tell you door knocking has been really eye-opening because there's many houses that are sitting empty like empty empty because the people have lived there for generations and for let's just say some of the houses have been passed down into the children yeah and the children because of lack of safety do not want to live in the runberg area or so the they just sell it. well some of them are, some of these lots are owned by six, seven siblings. Also, you know, you think about investment. I mean, you have to, first of all, have money in order to fix up the houses. Um, and it's an added expense to it, it. You have to look at it as an investment. Right. But many people are selling them. Many people, especially in St. John's. Um, I mean, you literally see one by one the lots being sold out to the developers who are building these. Of, of course, because when you, when you turn an area right. into a crime-infested shithole, um, developers buy it for cheap because no one wants, right. nobody wants to live there. So regular, right. everyday people sell their homes. The developer gives them a better price than what yep. an average person is going to what an average person is going to give yep. because I don't want to like and you get pay a three, I don't want to pay three hundred grand for a you know a, a rundown house in mm -hmm. the ghetto. Like nobody wants that, right? Where I got to right. worry about like high, you know, skyrocketing taxes and crime and yep. homelessness and all that stuff. Like, no one wants that. And then mandates. Yep. No one wants that, right? But a developer right, with a ton of money yep. um, gets to sweep that up. Yep. And, and gets to make the all profit. All of a sudden, now, you have a ton of rental properties that you built. Right. Um, there's no real cat. Like, yeah, you have to put a certain number of affordable housing units in that right. thing. Okay. That's fine. Um, and you'll do that. And and this way, people like Kassar and and other council members that want to sound progressive, they'll have yep. something to say. They'll say, oh, yeah, look, we have this many affordable housing units and we've increased That's this right. number because we care about low-income people. Right. And then you know what the developer does? Yep, he sells they it pass for down, 500. Oh, the, pass, the, the, the developer passes down the difference mm -hmm. to everybody else. Yeah. So you either got to be, like, really rich yep. or you're really poor. And it's only a small percentage of those people that are like that. Yeah. Um. And it all, all this stuff does is it just widens the, the gap. gap. It widens yeah. the gap. Yeah. Yeah. And um, you know, I'm a think outside the box type of girl. Mm -hmm. Um. And I and I've been thinking about these issues as I've been running. Um. And and do have some some good ideas. I mean, you know, it's 
I've never ran it for city council, so I understand, you know, well, many of my Well, that's good, because you don't ideals. want, like, a career seasoned um, politician that's no. running things. That's right. right. Like, you want a regular human being that, right. that's that's doing this. Like, you, that, that's what you want. Like, yep. you don't want somebody that sounds like a politician. Like, right. you know, people are tired of that. Um, yeah. You know, I want to live and I want to work in an area where I feel safe. Yeah. I want to work in an area that I can afford to live in. Yep. I want to work in an area where people are treated fairly. Yeah, where we um, can walk to the park. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and is I want to work in an area enough? where I have freedom to put whatever, like for freedom for my own bodily autonomy. Like, that's all I want. It's not that difficult. Yep. Right? And I want to work in an area or be in an area where I have room to grow and flourish yeah. and be my best self. Um, yeah, and my and, family too. Yeah, yeah. And I think that, that that's what the priorities need to be, right? That's and it's, right. How do we do it? Yeah. That that becomes a never-ending question. Right. But one thing we can't do is you can't have um, a bunch of people that have repeatedly failed at this continue to fail. Right. Yep. And, and, and while the rest of us just sit at home and just say, well, there really isn't anything I can do about it. Well, okay. If we continue down that path, then we are just done for, you know? I mean, there's, but that's the thing though, right? There is something you can do about it. Yeah, there you know? is. Like if a, if a business, right. Or if, um, if a business like, or a school or anything like wants you to wear a mask to go inside or they start mandating there, they try, or, um, if, if a city tries to like issue a vaccine ish mandate or pass, you can just refuse yeah. and you can just say, you know what? I'm not doing it. Yeah. And I'm going to stay here until you arrest me and mm -hmm. you just get enough people to repeatedly do it and do it and do it um, yeah. over and over again, where eventually they have to get rid of that. Um, my, I, I have a friend, um, I don't know if you don't follow me on Twitter, but my, um, I have a friend named Zach Moore, right? Okay. And he has a uh, stepson at O'Henry middle school. Okay. Okay. And, um, this letter, he received this letter from his, um, from the teacher and I want to show it to you. I want to show this to you right now. Um, hold on. Let me show this to you right now. Okay. So, um, okay. I'm sending you this email to let you know that blank is not consistently wearing his mask properly during math class. I've reminded him on several days and several times during one class period, as was the case today. Please discuss with him how important it is for him to keep his mask over his face at all times. I have told students that if they need a sip of water, they must ask to step outside on the porch to sip their water and then put the mask back on before entering the classroom again. With this new variant being so contagious, it is critical that we keep our students and staff safe. If I see this again, I will send him to the nurse for a consultation on proper mask wearing and safety. If this continues after that, he'll be sent to the office and you will be contacted to pick him up from school. This is a teacher at O'Henry Middle School who is writing this, who actually took time out of her day. Time yeah. that she could have spent lesson planning. Time that she could have spent like helping to develop these kids as um, responsible, self-actualized adults to write that letter to their parents. Yeah, I mean... <laughs> that, um, that, 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 that's who your teachers are in Austin, right? Like, Yeah, you know, it's... It's the government. <laughs> Sorry to say, you know, I'm, I'm not surprised, and that is how our rights start being taken away. Yeah. Right? It's little well, by little, it's saying, hey, you have to do this, okay, and... And, and, you know, we all, yes, we but understand. Resist, but you've got to resist that. Like, like this, you can't, and you can't just fight it passively. You can't just fight it by having, no, you, like, you right. want to try to, like, be polite, and you want to be respectful, and you want to be empathetic, and you want to try to talk to people and, and be a uniting force. 
But when people are trying to force what essentially amounts to fascism down your throat, yeah, you cannot appease these people, right? Like you can't appease fascism. You can't appease communism. If they're going to come at you with this type of yeah. energy, you got to come back with the same with the fight with the same, if not a greater energy to stop this from happening. So like with yeah. a teacher like that, People should be having protests outside of O'Henry Middle School as a result of that. Like that teacher's name should be on public record and people should be following her to her house to let them know, like, we know where you live. We know who you are. Like if, you, if this is how you're going to um, teach your kids, and this is how you're going to conduct things in the classroom. Um, understand that there are actions that are going to have consequences and repercussions, not to advocate like, you know, violence or anything like that. But people need to be held accountable for actions. I agree, but we do live in Austin, Texas. You know, yeah. um, I mean, we've we've been crying SOS in St. John's on the issue of safety for the last two and a half to three years. We've been and and you're right. It is. I've gotten to the point where, OK, we need to organize. We need to organize masses of people and just say, listen. You're going to listen to us. You're going to listen to us on these they issues. They did this and with you're Allison gonna... Alter and Kathy Tovo last summer in order to get them to try to support defunding the police. A bunch of BLM and Antifa activists, yeah. right, yeah. Um, marched yeah. to her house, and they didn't attack her. They were, they were peaceful, mm -hmm. right? But a large group of people went to... Not one, but two, maybe more city council members' homes. Wow. Yep. To try to convince them to enact a policy. And you know what? They got it. It worked. Yep. So they if they it. can do it, yeah. then we could be marching to the homes of our school board president yeah. to get them to reverse the mask mandates. And you could march to the homes of teachers who enforce this stuff to get them not to enforce that. It is a two way street. Okay. I disagree with you on. Oh, man. I mean, okay, so public education and our public schools right now, it is such a huge issue. Um, and the role of teachers in all of this is, especially right now, just I can't even imagine what they're what they're dealing with. Oh um, yeah, it's it's the worst time in the world to be a teacher because nothing you it do is, is ever right. No, and you, and it's been like that for a long is, time. Nothing you do is right. Everything you do, you're always gonna get yelled at. I think if you're gonna be a teacher at this stage in the game, you have to have, be a person Man. of conviction, and you have to just do what you think is right for the kids, regardless of the bureaucratic standards of the district. That's what I think. That's that's you know what I think what we're though? at. It sounds it sounds great. The truth being, the system is already set up so you can't. So you stand up to do something and basically you're out there. There's no room in public in public school systems to say. Right. And that's why it's so important. That's why these 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 parents that are going to school board meetings and protesting and, and making these people uncomfortable is such an important thing that's, yeah, that, that's it happening. Is. And it yep. needs to keep happening yeah. no matter what the pressure is. And I think and I think that. Um, vaccines and CRT and all that stuff has been the, the polarizing issue, but there are a ton of things that are wrong with our school system yeah. that you, parents and concerned yeah. citizens need to put an insane amount of pressure on districts to completely revamp the education system. Yeah. Well, you know, I think, I think parents have started putting pressure on the school district because they've started taking their children out of the school district or they've started putting them in charter schools or they've started homeschooling, homeschooling um, right? We, um, we need to teach. I, so I, I mean, ran in D2 actually. And one of the things I said is that we need to put money aside 
um, to teach actual financial literacy and financial Huge. education in the schools. Huge. And I think that that's, that would solve a lot of the problems that we're dealing with. Yeah. It would solve a lot of the affordability problems. Maybe not this generation, but 20 yeah. years from now it would. Yeah. Um, it would get people to like become problem solvers in a much more conscientious and objective type of I wouldn't of even way. give it 20 years. I would give it quite a bit less than Maybe 20 10. years. Yeah. Right. Like yep. within a, within a, a generation, right? Mm -hmm. From like K, K through 12, like within yeah. a K through 12 time span. Well, and let's just talk about from 10th through 12th. I mean, if you just teach those kids that are about to get out of high school some sort of financial literacy, imagine the effects so, that it's going to have uh, on man, them. They, um, you ever watch DuckTales as a kid? Yeah. So there was a little segment of, on DuckTales where um, Scrooge McDuck was talking to the kids about inflation. Yeah. And uh, he found like this. They found that he had like he remember when Scrooge had like a big he had a big safe of like gold and silver. Yeah, yeah. Right. The um, big old money bag. Yeah, his little money bags. Yeah. Right. And the kid and there was like a money duplicator and the kids found it. Yeah. And started duplicating all the money. Yeah. And then once they did that, all of a sudden like the prices of everything just skyrocketed. <laughs> yeah. And so, yeah. but the point is right. Like, and, um, yeah. we should be continuing to show these cartoons to children. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean that's and, and you have kids books. There's there's there are these um and, and okay. So when I was saying between tenth and twelfth grade, I'm not saying that's all we need. I'm just saying if you just start somewhere, it'll take you along. It'll take you, for it'll take you far, you know. And not to say that with the cartoons. Yeah, I mean why not? You know why not start with that? Um, Kids and, need to understand understand sound money, and they need to understand yeah, the value do. of that. They need yep. to understand. Um, they need to understand the value of, of innovation. They need yeah. to understand that um, yeah. economics, you, like that, that, yeah, that hard work leads to results. Yeah, and even if it doesn't lead to results, it leads to you learning how to work smarter, and it leads to knowledge, and it leads to character development. And this That's stuff right. is being completely um, ignored, ignored yep. in our schools. Yeah, well, especially now when teachers are, are policing masks, like that right. shouldn't even be something that, regardless of how you feel about COVID. Your main objective as a teacher is for your kids to like learn essential skills to be productive adults. And every time you police somebody about masks, you are like essentially committing a dereliction of duty. That, that's what you're doing. <laughs> okay. So <laughs> I'm going at teaching. Like I taught, mine that's mine. Okay. I taught in public schools. I just figured this out. I, my last year was seven years ago. Okay. So that'll give you a perspective. As right. to when I was a teacher, and I taught for nine years. Okay. And and teaching. So I started subbing. I started subbing in 2014. So we we could have. Okay, overlapped. we could have. Yeah. yeah. All right. You know, and the times back there, back then, um, there was no room to move. Like I wasn't able as a teacher to fit into the box that they wanted me to fit into, and that's why I ultimately decided to homeschool my children. That? What, what you mean? The box. Yeah. Um, I mean, yes, besides schedules, you know, there were many times that and, and y'all, I am not against public education. I am having a critical conversation where we are debating, you know, our current educational system. But I am definitely I'm not, against not it either, but I think I'm not against the majority. Forty percent of our property taxes go to school. Yeah. OK. Yeah. So if 40 percent of our taxes are going to go, we to should schools, have a say. We should have a say in That's terms right. of how our schools are being run and implemented. But you got to But you got to look at the system. Right. And you got And you follow it straight up and it goes all the way up to our federal government. Yeah. And the federal government goes down to here, down to here, down to here, down to here. And basically the teachers. I mean, I remember teaching 
and specialists coming in and saying, hey, Amanda, you need to take down all these posters and put up these posters. Why? And that's what I asked. I said, well, what were the posters of that they wanted you to take down? Well, the newest like trends that they wanted me to put up, like the newest thing that we had to implement into our into our class. So when they're implementing CRT stuff, it's like now you got to do CRT right. and SEL stuff, and you can't like that's right talk about like sound money, or you can't that's talk right. about what you think is like no, fair you can't, and... you can't. You are you have your your teaks, your objectives that you have to teach, and basically they say if you do not teach these. There will be consequences. So the problem, and there so are. here's what the problem is now with these school boards, right? And all the pushback, it seems like it's from parents. And I know that there have to be a large amount of teacher teachers um, that are extremely angry and there frustrated are. about how they are being forced to teach their class. Yeah. And you don't see very much pushback from those teachers. And I think that well, you need a concentrated group of teachers yeah. because you have a teacher's union yeah. that is basically uh, um, repeating talking points of – Big pharma, big tech, and the federal government, because all that stuff gets sub all, all that stuff gets um, subsidized, right? Um, okay, so let's let's talk about or the, that. Or central banks and stuff, right? But like, the the um, a real union of teachers are going to be people more like myself and like you that want to be able to have agency in terms of how they teach their class. Yeah, yeah, but again, it's the same it's the same discussion as what we're seeing in city council. Right. You need somebody basically to dedicate their life to do that and say, OK, you know what? I am going to give this everything I got to organize to do this. And what do you need to do that? You need money. You mm -hmm. need some kind of connections. You need people and you need you need tenacity to go and do it because the people that you're going up against, they got all that. Right, and they're doing an awesome so good, so good job stop, of closing so their eyes so, and so ears. What's, what's stopping? Um, what's stopping that from happening? Because we have the resources to do that. There are enough pissed off teachers it's, that will that will st that should be standing with parents at the school board meetings. What is stopping them? What? Why well, is it not happening? Number one, I think it's their jobs. What do you mean their jobs? Depends on where you're at. Well, yeah, it definitely does depend on where you're at. But for example, it's a lot easier for a teacher here in AISD, and I know one. I know one who has said, you know what? I'm going to round, actually more than one. We're moving on to Round Rock. We're round going to Round Rock, Rock ISD. They're no better. Okay, I am talking to you <laughs> about right, a few years ago. Okay, okay. I'm not right. even talking to you about sure. like okay, now. Sure, I understand that. Okay, you know, okay. but I'm saying, <laughs> right. yeah, I get it. Um, I'm just saying the system is not, <laughs> not set up for an individual to start talking to other teachers to say, hey, y'all, Let's get together and let's mass protest and do this. Uh, you yeah, think about it, star it starts with one teacher, right? Yeah, it you does. Get, you get that one teacher that says, I'm not wearing that mask. That's and right. I'm I'm, you guys aren't wearing that mask. That's right. Hey, instead of this um, SCL learning that's not going to really affect you okay. very well, okay, we're, then... putting on the best, we're putting on the best business show with Anthony Pompliano, and you're going to learn about how the financial system works. Okay, and this is what so... we're going to watch every day until they fire me, and I'm going to document and videotape this. And in this stage of the game, with the political climate the way it is, this could actually create a real movement. True. Okay, now let's let's take another side of that too. All right. Okay. You have a teacher who let's just say she's 65 years old. Yeah. Okay. She is on the verge of retiring. Okay. Um she's got 25 mocosos, like 25 little boogery children yeah. in her classroom. She you know what any kind of protection for her, for her 
because those germs in that classroom is are nuts. So then you're going to have a different set of rules for your students and compared to a teacher that's my age. That's I understand that. No, that well, you you can, but that's not how the system works. But why can't, can't why can't we do that? Because it's a it's, it's a, a fucked up system. It's and it's a federal system. So you have the bureaucracy. You have one bureaucracy after another bureaucracy after another bureaucracy after another bureaucracy. And in order to one person down here break stuff up, they've got to figure out how to if get I in were, there. If I were a school teacher in the district, here's my my thing on this, right? I'll tell my kids, hey, guys, in my classroom, you don't have to wear a mask if you don't want to, okay? It's up to you. I want you guys to learn. I want you to breathe fresh air. Our main objective is to um, is to try to um, learn these skills and try to get, get this stuff done, right? Yeah. Our main objective is we, I want to learn this, and I want to teach you guys these skills, and that that's the most important thing for me right now, okay? Um, but when you're in, where like, you, when you're you in like this, when, when, what? Where do you get the list of skills that you want well, to teach? On what, it depends on what subject you're teaching and, and what it is, right? Like my main, like let's say you're teaching like first grade, right? Guys, the main thing I care about is I want you guys to just learn how to read. I, learning how to read is the most important thing, and that's all. That that's what we're gonna focus on, friends. Okay, so we're gonna we're gonna be quiet. We're gonna be respectful. If you if if you don't want to wear your mask, I'm not gonna yell at you for not wearing your mask. It's hard for me to wear my mask when I'm talking to you guys. So today we're going to really try our best to be the best readers that we can be, right? Okay? Yeah. So you do that with, with those kids, right? And then you tell them, hey, but when you go to, like, Miss Rodriguez's room, she's 65 years old. She's a little bit old. She um, is not as healthy as me. She's not as healthy as you guys. So we're going to wear our masks around her because we're going to try to be considerate of how she feels. So when you go to Miss Rodriguez's room, we're going to put our masks on, and I know it's uncomfortable, and I know you don't like it, and I and I know that – and I know that um, it might be a little hard to breathe. I know that it's annoying, but we're doing this to protect Mrs. Rodriguez and her family. But when you're in my classroom, you don't have to do that. And I just want to be clear with you guys, okay? That, that's how you do it. It sounds great. That's what you should do. It sounds great. Uh, <laughs> so really, I, I, I would say, you know what? Thank, thank God that we here in Austin especially we do have choice for education and we're i mean i homeschool my children yeah um we have charter schools we have many parents who are teaching from home um but the system as it is you you just can't you i, I don't know maybe you can maybe you can i've been out for seven years so you can't I don't do know anything what when it comes to these systems, doing, but, but you can't do anything. With, the system that we have in our education is so fucked up beyond reproach that the only thing you can do yeah, is broken. dismantle it yeah. completely, right? And so me acting in defiance of, wow. of any mask order or CRT order or teaching stuff that is going to have no benefit to can, these kids. I don't think you should dismantle it either. I don't agree with taking – because you think of the amount of money – that is already invested in the amount of wisdom and resources that are invested into the educational system. And it's a lot. And so to completely dismantle a whole public school system, um, it would be, a, it, it, it wouldn't be very wise in my opinion to do. I mean, um, I understand. I'm just saying that there are certain things that are just so beyond reproach that what do you, what can what can you do aside from doing things how you want to do them and that's it? Okay, really quick. So going back to that, I think that's what the city council thought about our police department. 
right? And they said, hey, if we completely dismantle the police department, we can start over. What they didn't think about was that there were communities, there are communities that desperately need police presence. Of course. Okay, that, that, what you're saying makes makes sense. Right? You can't dismantle saying, something. What you're, saying, what you're saying makes sense. Maybe I'm using the wrong word choice. Yeah, I, 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 okay. I understand what you're coming from. Um, but I do yes. think that I do think that teaching attracts a certain type of people, like attracts yeah. for the most part conformists, and it doesn't oh. attract like it does. It's the truth. For the most part, it attracts. It doesn't attract like entrepreneurial thinkers. It doesn't attract people that it it, it, yeah. it attracts rule followers who have been confined to a box and mm. never really ventured out of the box. And that's what they do is they do things within a very small little window. So maybe um, maybe also one of the tricks is getting the principles. When you get somebody as a principal who's in that position, who has an entrepreneurial, um, innovative, and, and I'm thinking in terms of like Blackshear, right? Somebody, actually, I'm friends with the LBJ, the LBJ principal. I'm like pretty good friends with him. Yeah. Um, and he's he's awesome. Like he's he is really cool. So you take a leader like that. Yeah. And and they're able to make implement changes in a school, and they're able to do to give the teachers some of those liberties to teach. And is that allowed though for the principals or would they get come down on by somebody else? <laughs> I think it depends on how good the principal is. All if right. the principal is able to get good grades from his students and is able to make the tests in Yo, terms and the kids of high are winning school. state championships in football. Yeah, okay, I get it. I get it. I understand. All right. Makes sense. All right. So, so let, let's we, we've, um, we've, we've we went down a rabbit hole about something that we were not even like yeah. That I really had no interest in even. I mean, not interest, but like no intention of, of going down. Right. Um, we got to talk about your campaign. We got to talk about your campaign. We got to okay. talk about the APD stuff. Um, how? So when you've been door knocking, yeah. how how do people feel about like what's going on in the district? Man, people. Honestly, I, I want honest opinions from. I want good and bad. All right. All right. Well, I'll give you the two spectrums. All right. I got cussed out by one guy telling me I'm a fear monger. Forty minutes, he was just cussing straight out. I debated him and I thanked him because well, I knew that. Why did he cuss you out? Like, what did, what happened? Well, we were just having a debate on the issues. But right? you were knocking on doors, right? And you're like, yeah. what's up, I'm Amanda? I'm running yeah. for city council. Here's my platform. Can and you then vote they, for me? And then they associate you with Matt McCoyak, who's become a controversial figure That's in right. Austin. Yeah. I like Matt. Yeah. But he is a controversial figure. Yeah. Um, yeah. And then Prop A also failed spectacularly. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the, the media, uh, he's like the he, he's it. like the favorite person in the media to totally rip on. Yeah. Because we don't have fair journalists in Austin. Austin's almost no. worse than national newspapers with how they do things. Well. Um, yeah. I mean, you know, so, so all that stuff could get leave a bad taste. That's right. In the mouth of somebody who lives in D four, especially right. if they're not as as like plugged into what's going on, right? Yeah. Well, and I think that was the case with this this guy. Um, and I mean. Granted, in the end, he was like, can I have a hug? I gave him a hug, after? and I was like, yeah. <laughs> after the 40 minutes, he's like, can I have a hug? And I was like, sure, man. And I go, can I go have another one? <laughs> he gave All me right. another one. And then this is the crazy part, and this is the sick part. Okay. That I literally turned the corner with my friend, and I was in front of Dobie Middle School. Yeah. And this 23-year-old girl says, this stuff is crazy. I have had to pull out my siblings from the school, Dobie here, because gangs are literally pulling up and telling the kids to get in their cars and driving off and recruiting them. And she said, we have had to weld bars onto our windows and they're prying the bars open. She said, I don't know what to do. We have been asking for help 
I don't know what to do. So what do you plan on doing? And immediately I thought of the guy around the corner who said I was a fear monger and making this stuff up. And I'm like, really? This is around the corner where this girl is talking about. What you should do is you should um, get video of her saying that. Like, you got to get the video from her yeah. mouth, right? Like, right. not you. We right? took you pictures, get... and I can go back and get video. You go from talk her. to that lady, and you yep. say, "Hey, what's going on? I want you to share this with me." And yeah. you put a video. You should put a video of that of that up on social media, and I'll try to share it. You know, okay. I will do. Um, I think that's important, right? Just get yeah. other people, get the perspective of other people yeah. who live in that area. As to what's going on, because if it's just if it's coming out of Matt's mouth, yeah, and if or mine, of, and if it's coming out of conservative Twitter right. on Austin, which is yeah. not even conservative, right, um, it's not going to be taken seriously by the general public that votes. Yeah. But if it's coming out of like some lady from the neighborhood, yeah, and it's like a person of color, or whatever, even though I hate identity politics, like, and that's who it is. All of a sudden, now a lot more people start Paying to attention. pay pay attention. And they might start to vote differently. They might start to understand who Cheeto Vela is, yeah. who is basically a more sophisticated version of Greg Kassar in a nicer yeah. suit. Yeah. Um. And then all, and, and then now people start to wake up. The the hard part is it is literally our lives at stake. I mean, <clears throat> in front of my home, I saw a woman being sex trafficked. Wait, what do you mean saw her being sex trafficked? Like, like some dude just yanked her into a car or something? No, she had a tent set up yeah. in front of my home be behind a privacy fence. And my friend and I heard her crying out. She was like, help me, help me. Two homeless guys walk by and they, one guy just keeps walking. The other guy kind of turns around and he goes, ah, and he keeps on walking. So we're like, we're social distancing with our children in my front yard. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, do you need help? And she says, yeah. I have been sex trafficked for 20 years and I need help getting out. And then she continues to say, I have a chip in my head and I need you to take me to Mexico. So she just sounds like she's schizophrenic and crazy. A little bit, right? But then we see men going in and out of her tent for the next week. And we're like, okay. Doesn't mean she's sex trafficked. No, she could be, it doesn't. Well, she could be, right? But like it the doesn't, chip in her head get and all this. that stuff. There's... So get this. Right. So the next week, my friend, she's like, okay, Amanda, she volunteers at SAFE. She's like, Amanda, I'm going to go just see if, like, oh, and the lady being sex trafficked gave us a phone number. So we called the phone number, and it was a social service worker in Nashville, Tennessee. All right. And she says, yes, I've been following this lady around the U.S., and from what I have gathered, she is being sex trafficked, and her traffickers are dangerous. And I'm like, But she's like a homeless lady crap. in a tent. Like, who the hell is going to want to, you know? You know, we live in St. John's like I, and and the, OK, so you you don't believe it. I knock on a lady's door and I tell her that and she's two streets behind me and she says, yeah, there's people being sex trafficked all the time here. And another lady says, yeah, I think she's down there by the creek. So to say that they're not you just drive drive down St. John's drive down the frontage road of I-35 in St. John's right now. They're cleaning it up. But it's, it's insanity what we have been living in that district. And the new people coming in are like, holy crap. I did not realize that, first of all, they have a really nice park behind their house. It's not a very nice park. There's drug dealers. There's open air drug market right there. And it hasn't always been like that. I worked to get that park renovated. 
Well, this is just because, it, well, you know, it. this is a developer's what dream because they get to buy this stuff for cheap. And then right. all of a sudden, once the developers, and it, and once the is. developers buy up all the homes, yeah. then they say, hey, guys, uh, we got to like, we need public safety is now a priority. Right. When the developers buy the homes, not when you own the home, yeah. when the developer owns the home That's right. and they can rent it out to a bunch of like tech nerds. And they nerds, can go and make news. Then, and, yeah, 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 yeah. Then all of a sudden... Hey guys, we need more cops. We need to protect the police. Right. We need to back up. We need to hire more people. That's right. It has nothing to do with public safety. It's, no. it's absolutely. It's all politics, right? It's and that's totally what I said right? yesterday when I was on the forum um, for Quail Hollow neighborhood or, so, or neighborhood. They asked why is District Four not expanding, not growing, and I said, it's because there's no safety. It's because we're hearing gunshots. We're seeing this stuff going down all the time. And and Vela and others were like, no, it's just about affordability. Okay, well, yeah. that's exactly the stance. And and then there's, ay ay ay, no. No, go go for it. Then there's another lady on there who was like, you know what? Increase in funding of police doesn't mean a decrease in crime. Well, guess what she worked on? Restore Runberg. So guess what Restore Runberg was? What was that? A federal grant to get more police officers into Runberg. All right, hey, listen, we're about to um, we got to wrap up. I appreciate all this. Um, this has been, I think, one of the most informative episodes that we've done. Awesome. Uh, I think that we, yeah, it's been, it's extremely informative, and we got to do something. Yeah, um, we do. Before we wrap up, um, want to ask a how we can get a hold. Well, actually, a how we can get a hold of you. Yeah. Um, and b, um, how are you gonna actually? You're gonna be like, let's say you get elected, mm -hmm. right? A, what do you think your chances are of actually getting elected, considering the anti? Um, McCoyak sentiment and B if you do get elected like how are you, what can you really do to in, like what kind of influence are you really going to have considering who our council is you and then what? we wrap up <clears throat> and answer those questions first and then talk about how we can get a hold of you okay this is a local election so alright we're going to alright okay alright turn it off how do we hey, alright how do we get a hold of you how do we get a hold Amanda of you AmandaForAustin.com um, and if you got a little flyer in the mail you got my phone number so you can call me um and my email and yeah just check out amanda for austin all right great thank you amanda rios all right <laughs> bye y'all sorry about that but i this was already what time was like three o'clock <laughs>